From Southern Living Inspired Communities and Alabama Power, this is Positive Energy. So what is Positive Energy? It's a podcast where we share style tips to update your home, energy tips to help your wallet, and life tips that make you a better you. I'm your host, Monica McShann, and I'm with Alabama Power. So listeners, as you know, with this series, we're talking to relatable experts who will give us practical advice about our homes and our lives. So are y'all ready? Let's get into it and start sharing that positive energy. In this episode, we're talking about insulation, and joining us first is Abby Glass, a fashion designer based in Atlanta, Georgia. With Abby, we'll be talking about the kinds of fashionable, wearable items that you might wear to wrap and insulate your body. Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Monica. So good to talk with you today. Now, when we're talking about insulating our homes, we're typically not just focusing on the insulation between our walls, but we're also talking about the exteriors like brick or wood siding, as well as our window treatments and the windows themselves, and just a host of other things. In many ways, we're layering materials to protect us and our homes from the elements. And that's much like what we do with our clothing, right, Abby? Definitely. It's so important what you put on your body, not only how you insulate your home. It's kind of an interesting way to look at clothing. But I would say the most important thing to think about when you are thinking about keeping yourself comfortable and climate controlled is um, the types of fabrics that you're wearing. So I always look to things like linen, cotton, like things that are super breathable in the summer months. That way I don't have to turn my AC up so high (laughs) because I'm actually kind of like in this breathable fabric. And I also look to things like wool, cashmere, acrylic, which is super warm without being super heavyweight to start layering in the winter. So again, you're not having to crank your heat and be, you know, spending thousands of dollars on heating your household in the winter months. So there's definitely a balancing act to it, but it's it's basically the most delicate part of keeping yourself comfortable in the four seasons. So would you also say that that comfort leads to confidence? I would. <laughs> I would say being able to layer and feel like you can stay comfortable throughout the day and have an an outfit or a wardrobe that allows you to move from, let's say, you know, I was just having lunch outside at a restaurant to moving indoors to AC in my office to potentially getting into my car, like having, having the layers and the tools to go throughout your day and be comfortable in all these different climates makes you feel confident when you're going somewhere because you're not feeling uncomfortable or feeling like you're walking into an office in a sundress when you should be wearing, you know, maybe a jacket over it. Maybe think about the context of where you're going. Okay, so I have to admit, I went to your Instagram page and I absolutely love playful elegance meets effortless confidence. Tell us how you came up with that. I I love that saying. (laughs) Thank you. So my real mission as a fashion designer is to make women feel confident when they get dressed up for special occasions. You know, my expertise is in women's tailoring. So the classic tailoring, the clean lines, the, the flattering proportions, those are the things that make a woman feel great when they walk into a room, when they're dressed up or dressed down. So you really feel like clothing 
you know, can help us express our individuality, right? Of course, yes. Clothing is probably the single most thing other than your voice <laughs> that can kind of make <laughs> make an impression on someone when you first meet them. So I think people who don't even think they care about what they look like, they say they don't care so much about clothes or they're not really interested in it, they're still making conscious decision to be comfortable. Like they choose maybe comfort over fashion, but it's still a decision and you're still signaling to people that maybe you don't care about fashion. Maybe that's something they can also relate to. So it's, you know, it's something that it's, it's your voice visually and it's a way that people can express themselves. So let's go back to layering for, for a minute. Tell us how layering can help us express our individuality. Um, I know for me, I don't layer very much, but I love to see it on other people. Yes. Layering in summer months is probably the hardest because it's, time that you want to wear the least. So you're, you're like, what can I remove? You're not thinking about like what you can add. But I do think, again, going back to materials, sheer materials are so gorgeous and also very, um, I think very empowering. They're kind of like the way that they kind of can show your body, but also hide it at the same time, maybe allows, I'll speak from my personal experience, but maybe allows me to wear things that I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable showing without a sheer layer over it. So maybe I'd wear strapless and then I'd wear sheer layered over the strapless. So I would feel like I was kind of like showing some skin. I'm wearing very kind of like minimal light fabrics, but I'm also kind of getting the coverage that I want. I also think that again, layering with linen is very powerful in the summer months. I won't really wear pants unless they're linen in the summer. And I love to potentially do like more of a slinky look and then maybe throw like a cotton blouse over like an all linen look underneath. Cause I am in air conditioning probably 50% of the day or more when it's, it's like a hundred degrees here in Atlanta right now. So being in air conditioning, sometimes you get a little chilly inside, but then let's say I go walk my dog or again, I get in my car and go somewhere I'm going to take that off. So it's it's really kind of like a fun thing to experiment with fabrics and also like the sheerness versus non-sheer things in the summer. Okay, Abby, you talked a lot about fabrics and loving fabrics. Tell us, what are your favorite fabrics per season? So what do you like in the summertime, winter, spring or fall? Do they change much? Picking the right fabric per season is super important. I love texture. And so you have to make sure when it's warm out, you can add texture to what you're wearing without adding weight. So something like um, a burnout chiffon. So something you've probably seen like drapey fabrics that have like some parts that are see-through and some parts that aren't. That's a burnout. That's a great choice for a spring or summer months because it's sheer and breathable, but it still has a great pattern on it. I would also say linen. I always go back to linen. I love a linen rayon blend. Rayon's a cotton derivative, so it's still a natural fiber, but it keeps 
people from hating linen too much because it wrinkles. <laughs> so you don't want to spend your whole day ironing. So getting rayon linen or cotton linen blend is really important, but linen will keep you super cool and allow you to have kind of that coverage when you're indoors and outdoors without getting too hot. Another fabric for the summer, I would say sometimes are performance fabrics. So when you go to um, an athleisure store or, you know, are buying workout clothes, getting something with spandex or some sort of like breathable performance fabric is great for wicking away sweat and making sure that you're not kind of getting too hot when you're exercising outdoors in the summer. Winter fabrics are very technologically advanced these days, which has really been very cool to see how fabrics have gotten so advanced. You can buy a lot of performance thermal jackets, so they're super, super lightweight. It's basically something that feels super thin but gives you a lot of warmth. Those items are really great for the winter. And then I'm a big cashmere and wool person. I think getting a good blend of the two can be something that that gives you enough weight and enough softness. Sometimes if you go with 100% wool, it's really scratchy. Nobody likes that. So getting something that has some cashmere in it, even cotton in the South, it's like really easy to get like maybe a 10% wool, 90% cotton sweater. So you're getting a little bit of that really nice warmth, but you're still super comfortable, easy to wash, but it's still keeping you warm. So all of those material content considerations are really important when you're buying things, if you expect them to kind of take care of you the way you want them to. Tell us what fashion trends you're seeing on the horizon. What are you seeing that's that's really going out of style right now? Tell oh, us both. Yes, great questions. So I am usually designing a year in advance just because we make everything from scratch from the ground up. So right now we're looking at spring, summer 23 and that feels like so far in the future. So I'll start with this fall, but I would say I'm seeing a lot of kind of after having this flash of excitement after COVID, people going back out into the world and wanting to dress up and be crazy and wear sequins and all kinds of stuff. I think there's this return to utility. You know, I like making feminine dresses with fun fabrics and all that. So I'm kind of like, in the middle of utility and this, you know, aspirational fashion. So I think we're kind of getting back into utility. And I think people are honestly investing in better quality of things that they found were their go-tos throughout COVID potentially. And I think now I almost feel like people got to know themselves so well because they had to spend so much time like <laughs> alone or like just with their families and friends. And as far as things that are going out of style, I'm not really sure. I read an article on business of fashion recently that was talking about how with the digital age, everything is in all at the same time. And there's not the same cycle of trends that there used to be. So it's very hard to see trends these days 
and it's more like relying on people's communities and personalities to kind of like engage in certain trends and not others, but they're all kind of happening simultaneously, which is an interesting new way that fashion's working these days. Now, Abby, I would say that this conversation has made me want to go shopping, but I always (laughs) want to go shopping. (laughs) This was so much fun. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Thank you. This was really fun. I had a a lot of epiphanies in this conversation. (laughs) You gave us some great advice. Now, listeners, you'll find a link to Abby's website in the show notes. It's abby-glass.com. She's also on Instagram at shopabbyglass. Check out her amazing fashion and show her some love. Stick around, y'all, because we'll be talking about our home's installation in the next segment with an expert from Johns Manville. Hey, y'all, it's Monica. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors, who we know are all about that positive energy. Check out SouthernLivingInspiredCommunities.com to learn more about the brand's collection of neighborhoods marked by charm, taste, and Southern spirit. And for energy savings tips and other resources, be sure to visit alabamapower.com slash positive energy. Okay, back to our conversation. Okay, listeners. So with this segment, we're talking about what's behind our walls, our insulation. And joining us now is Brian Verscore, Senior Product Manager at Johns Manville. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Monica. All right, Brian, let's just jump right in. How would I know as a homeowner if my house has enough insulation right now? I mean, I definitely haven't added any since I've moved in. Sure. So, you know, the easiest way to tell is is when the house was built and what appropriate codes might have been in place at that time. It's always going to be very difficult to tell what's behind the walls, right, without actually taking off and removing some drywall and seeing what kind of R-value stamp you might have on the insulation, you know, behind the drywall in the, in the stud there. The attic is quite a bit easier to tell just because you can measure how thick uh, the blowing wool or, or potentially any type of loose fill insulation that would be in the attic is is installed to and that's that's probably the easiest way to tell and also the easiest one to to retrofit potentially but uh behind the walls is always a difficult one and and it's usually dictated on the year of the home's uh, manufacture okay brian so tell us what is the r number yeah, so R value is is essentially the measure of of uh, thermal resistance that the insulation provides. So it's you know it it's how effective it is from keeping warm spaces warm and 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 keeping the heat in in our case up north or keeping the heat out in in your case down south. So it's the resistance to the thermal conditions. So someone like me, I am never going to go in the attic. And I'm definitely not going in the crawl space. (laughs) Who should I call? How will I know if I'm working with the right kind of professional that's really going to give me an honest assessment of what I need in my home? Sure. Calling any sort of of a local insulation contractor would be a good start. Now, the good news is that if you have somebody like that go up into your attic and and they're going to measure, they should just as easily be able to snap a picture of how much stuff is up there, right? Or even popping your head through the crawl space while they're up there 
and they're holding a little ruler and you could kind of, you don't have to crawl around up in there, but just quickly from the, even the crawl space hatch could, could drop a, a ruler down and take a quick picture to kind of see how much insulation is actually sitting up in the, in the cavity. And then, you know, any, any rule of thumb when you're using a, a contractor for any service, it doesn't really matter what the industry is. I, I always get two to three bids for anything I'm trying to do. And that will usually help you kind of eliminate some outliers, if you will, or find somebody that's way in left field from a cost standpoint of what they're trying to do. So what would you tell our listeners about the benefits of adding insulation? Is there some broad statistic that speaks to maybe a correlation between how much insulation you add and the energy savings that you'll get? So while there's no simple calculation to, to tell how much money you would save on your energy bills, it's a, it's more of a function of the efficiency of the house to hold the heat in in, in the cooler climates and, and weather and, and to keep the heat out in, in the warmer climates and weather. So the, the better R value you have in both your walls and your ceiling is going to produce a result that creates less energy to, uh, to hold that space at your desired temperature. So there's not really an easy one-to-one kind of calculation there, if you will. But aside from the the benefits of having a more thermally insulated home, there's a number of, of other aspects from, uh, you know, that say the carbon footprint of the HVAC unit that you're using to cool your house. You'll use less there and, and the insulation per pound, I guess a kind of fun fact, if you will, is that a pound of insulation will save more energy in the first year of its use than it costs to make it. It's a pretty energy intensive process to melt glass from sand and turn it into fiberglass, but you will save more energy in the first year of use than it takes to to actually create that product. So if you're you're carbon negative throughout the rest of the 20, 30 years, you have that product uh, installed in your application. Are there any easy actions that our listeners can do right now to just ensure that their insulation is as energy efficient as possible? Sure. So as any homeowner is, is headed to their local big box store or hardware store, they can purchase either the loose fill fiberglass and even a machine to install it up into the attic. Um, they can purchase the polyiso sheathing that would go on the walls underneath the siding if they have that uh, potential for, for application um, or any sort of caulk sealing uh, to seal up the cavities from the attic. So if I take those actions, I'm not going to do it myself, but I hire somebody to come in and do those things, will I see some immediate gains from that? What will I see immediately? Or will I? Or will it take a while? No, you will. It would be immediate. I mean, you'd, you'd notice an immediate reduction in your in your energy costs, likely your electricity bill for your air conditioner during the hot you know, warm months. And then you'll also, if, if it happened to be the cooler months, you would notice an immediate impact on, on the gas or electricity or your heating media that you're using at your house. Uh, it would require less of it. You know, the actual percentages vary widely depending on the design of the house and, and, and the efficiency even of the air handling unit potentially, right? There's a number of other factors, but you will notice an immediate impact. Very good. Well, Brian, You have shared so much with us and we've learned so much. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing all your expertise with us. Yeah, thank you, Monica. I appreciate your time and the chance to even uh, have, have the conversation. It's been great. Listeners, if you're interested in learning more about how insulation can help save energy and money, we've got links to the Johns Manville website and resources in our show notes. 
Okay, y'all, that's it for our show today. Thanks so much for listening to Positive Energy. Now, if you like what you're hearing, tell a friend about us, subscribe, and then go rate us in your podcast app. On behalf of Southern Living, Inspired Communities, and Alabama Power, this is Monica McShann. And remember, let's always pursue it, embrace it, and share it. Positive energy. I'll see you next time.